3: Welcome in to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast, the official podcast of your New Orleans Pelicans. A podcast dedicated to everything you need to know about the squad. Hear from players, coaches, broadcasters, and those who cover the NBA on a daily basis. It's time to flock up. The New Orleans Pelicans podcast starts right now.
4: Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of your New Orleans Pelicans podcast, the official podcast of the New Orleans Pelicans. It is Friday, TGIF, and I don't know about you, but I feel fantastic. Why? I don't know. Two Pelicans wins to start out this road trip. Best of five. Let's see what happens here in Denver tonight. But my goodness, how about that win at Golden State by this team? 141 to 105, a second straight wire to wire victory.
5: Brandon, kick it out to Herb. Right wing three. No. Rebound dunked in with two hands by Murphy on the follow our bench explodes back to Hawkins fly by left angle three hit it nothing but net for the rook and the Pels hang 46 on the Warriors in the first quarter nine of 16 from three my goodness gracious Zion on the switch. Good D on Thompson. Now Pajemski. Up top, Sharic Through the legs. Bumped by Nance. Spins in the lane. Lost it. Ball on the deck. Taken by McCollum. Another steal. Up the floor, Trey. Jump feed out to McCollum. Right in the top three. You know it! Defense to offense. Steve Kerr takes a timeout. Thompson. Bounce feed to Davis. Oh, blocked by Herb. Ball on the deck. Taken by Jonas. Herb, not on you! Dyson, no look over to JV, and the right-hand punch on the bounce pass. 12 straight for Valanchunas, who's got a game-high 21 now. Z, up top, right-hand dribble, goes to the lane. Triple team put it up in it anyway,
4: and one. Here's what head coach Willie Green had to say following that win. We know that this is
1: a a, a group that the Warriors, that they, they have heart. They play with pride. Um, they want to protect their home floor. They just had a loss here um, a few nights ago, so we didn't want to let them back in the game. They made a run, and then a credit to our guys once again, they responded. And, and JV had a huge third quarter. Uh, I think 15 points, four rebounds, something like that. But you know, it, it was a big time response um,
4: from our guys. Zion, who finished with 19 points in the game, had this to say:
1: uh, I think definitely our uh, defensive intensity. Said it in my post game interview. We've just been locked in and in tune with each other on the defensive end and it leads our offense and it leads everybody feeling confident uh, we were able to share the ball and I mean we get wins
4: CJ McCollum had 14 points in the game eight assists his thoughts on the victory hey, we have just been doing a great job of executing the game plan starts with how we defend um, getting off to good starts in that first quarter defending at a high level uh, taking advantage of transition playing inside now sharing the ball that we had 39 assists tonight Um, Doing the little things that are necessary to win on the road, defending, not getting up second chance opportunities, and then you got to make a lot of threes, especially in the league, the way it is today. And I think we've been doing all of those things collectively. And Trey Murphy knocked down four threes as he had 16 off the bench, says, you know, the way we're kind of playing, you may have to start to have a certain kind of discussion. Yeah, I mean, I would say we have the deepest team in the entire league. Like, we have 12, 13, 14 guys that can all play, like, on any team. Like, all can be rotational players, so... Uh, I, I just feel like we're we're about close to where we need to have that conversation about the Pelicans for sure because uh we're definitely on the way. And what conversation is that? You know what conversation I'm,
3: I'm talking about.
4: <laughs> and speaking of discussing that discussion, perhaps Jim Eichenhofer from Pelicans. dot com, who joins us now. What what do you make of what that that discussion that perhaps we may have to have a little yeah, sooner rather uh, than later?
6: Yeah, I, I thought that was interesting to hear Trey say that and. Something that we're going to talk about a little bit with Antonio Daniels when we have him coming up in the next segment. Um, Just, it was an eye-opening win again. I think the fact that they did it on ABC, I think, is significant just from the standpoint of that more people were paying attention. There's been a ton of discussion on pretty much every NBA show nationally that exists about what's going on with Golden State so that kind of added to that as well that you know people were talking about that game based on the way that the Warriors have struggled lately. So there was way more analysis on the Warriors, I think than the Pelicans, which it, doing well, which yeah. I guess is somewhat understandable based on you know the history that Golden State has and how dominant they've been and their their dynasty and that kind of thing. But um, it was it was great to and I'm sure the fan base was super excited to see, them just come out and and put it on the Warriors the way that they did by winning by thirty six points. Um, by the way, interesting too. You know we've talked about and there's been a lot of discussion about the way that the Pelicans have fared on national TV this year, which has been very poor and and hasn't th- been their best. The, yes. the spotlighted games at least. But here's an interesting question for you: Do you know how do you know what the Pelicans' record is actually is on ESPN, TNT, and ABC now this season? This season it's actually two and two. Really? Yeah, but if you think about it, um, the loss to the Lakers on Las Ve- in Las Vegas was maybe the most discussed regular season game in the last 20 years. Are we ever going to get past that, by the way? <laughs> we,
4: but here's the thing. It's funny because you bring that up, and it, it, there, there was a stretch afterwards. Like, do we have to keep going back to it? Right. But isn't it becoming, actually, a, it, it is becoming a game that we probably will keep referring to mm-hmm. because it, it does kind of seem like that is a – That is a point of the season, point, not just for the Pelicans, but look at the Lakers, Mm -hmm. look at some of the other teams in and around that area too. So it's crazy where at first you're like, man, I really don't want to remember that. And all of a sudden you're like, but you know what, since then, and it's not a bad thing to say since then, because again, you want to show that growth, which is why I'm so excited we have Antonio Daniels, um, color analyst for Pelicans television to talk about that. Obviously it's a big night for Pelicans television here as well which we'll get into as it's the first of 10 games. But I, I, I'm i curious when we get him on too, because Jim, I'll ask you this. I've been talking about it on our talk show. There are very real reasons. And I get this. There's a lot of football people that watch their football. The Saints just finished their season. The LSU, college football, national championship, all of that. But we have the NBA fans, but I'm talking, you know, there's people like, okay, let's check out the other mm-hmm. team in New Orleans. And sure. they're the casual NBA fans. Mm-hmm. And that's why this. I love football too. This TV yeah. deals gonna be great. Cause I mm-hmm. think you're going to get more eyes on it. So, If you're going to go, well, why so many people talking about them? Why are they winning? There are very real, tangible point to statistical reasons why the Pelicans are doing what they're doing, not just on the road, but since Vegas, aren't there?
6: Yeah, and I mean, I think this is something that we'll talk about with Antonio as well, is the defense is way at the top of the list as well. It's something that kind of goes on the back burner a lot of times when people converse about basketball. You you kind of forget, like, there's a whole 50% of the game at the other end of the floor that takes place. But really, I mean, if you look at um, some of the numbers that the Pelicans have put together, they've been, for example, over since the end of the in-season tournament, they have, in road games, they have the number one defense in the NBA, and they're top five in defense overall as well. So um, that's, to me, always the foundation, the bedrock of a consistent team and a really successful team is that you bring it on the defensive end, maybe not every single night, but on the vast majority of them. Mm -hmm. And the fact that during this seven-game road winning streak, too, Five of the seven games they've held the other team to under 110 points. And ga- the two games that they did give up 110 or more, they destroyed the war- the Wizards and the Spurs. So even in the games where they, quote-unquote, had poor defensive performances, they still won by a million. So it's been something that they've been able to just rely on night in and night out over the last few weeks. I mean, you heard
4: it in the, you know, the, the sound that we played before we got to, to you um. The players saying it's the first things they're talking about. Is their defense, and you know, mm-hmm. and the ball movement, all those things. Again, these are very real things. And here's the thing: all those things travel, and they also play well at home here as well. So, again, you, you know, if you've been listening to the podcast, you know what we've been trying to talk about. Let's let's see what happens in the month of January. There's nothing wrong with getting excited, but there's some things you want to see specifically to get you really excited and Jim that kind of leads into tonight's game which we'll yeah. get into in a little bit but is there anything else you want yeah, no, to talk yeah no I think
6: like you said I mean the challenge of this weekend of the Denver game and then the two Dallas games before we re- record another podcast on Wednesday we won't have a show Monday because there's a day game and also a holiday obviously um this weekend is another really big test as far as defensively if they can keep doing what they've been doing against some really good offenses. If they can keep that up, um, that'll be really impressive. And by the way, too, I wanted to add that um, we're excited about the fact that this, this game will be the first of 10 on great television and Fox 8, but this game was also added to ESPN as the second game of its national doubleheader. And it's very clear to me that the reason that that happened was because the Pelicans are playing really well. Denver won the championship last year. It's a given that they were a team that was going to be really good this year and a team that the national networks are going to put on TV a good amount. But if the Pelicans were 15-23 and instead of 23-15 and right now, I can pretty much guarantee (laughs) you that they would not have added this game. But um, the game that was initially supposed to be in that slot was Charlotte versus San Antonio. And it's interesting to me to think that as great as Wemba Nyama has been, and as much as there is Wembymania, Mania, he's so much fun to watch. I think he might not win Rookie of the Year, but he's going to be top two, and I think he's the most fun rookie to watch, but they still bumped him off of their airwaves. I don't. That might be the only time that happens this year where the Spurs are supposed to be on national TV, and one of the networks says, like, eh, maybe we should put a different game on. So, um, to me, that's, that's another sign of what the Pelicans are doing, the fact that... They're getting added to national TV, not removed the way we saw a few times in the last few recent years.
4: Yeah, no doubt. And uh, as you know, we were talking about with TV, it is a big night because not just here in New Orleans, which you can see your Pels, but throughout the state of Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama tonight, Pelicans basketball will be on television. So let's bring in our guest for today's podcast, Mr.
0: Antonio Daniels.
2: And even... Checkout's not until 4, so... Because the American Express Platinum Card offers access to exclusive reservations at renowned restaurants, elevated experiences at live events, and 4 p.m. late checkout at fine hotels and resorts booked through Amex Travel. That's the powerful backing of American Express. See how to elevate your experiences at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Terms apply. All right, the only way I can think of ending
4: a really nice week and starting a fantastic weekend before that... Frigid, uh, cold front is to go to where it's actually cold and frigid. Antonio Daniels, you're, you love them. Our, uh, most favorite color analyst, part of Pelicans coverage here as well. I was just going to say Bally's, but AD, the big news, obviously, is not just Bally's, but now great television here locally. Fox 8, man, 700,000 people to 7 million people possibly seeing you in a turtleneck. How cool is that?
7: Um, not seeing me in a turtleneck, but just getting an opportunity (laughs) to put eyes on this team. Yeah. When they're playing their best basketball of the year, I don't think it could have come at a better time. Um, It's it's, and I don't understand all the intricacies and particulars about cable and all this thing, all these different things that come along with it. I, I know it is truly a blessing, right. For the new Orleans, new Orleans area and surrounding areas to get an opportunity to put eyes on this team because they're playing at such a high level right now and they deserve to be seen.
6: Yeah, AD, I think the timing really is perfect with them playing the way that they are. And for this package of 10 games to start with a game against the defending NBA champions and like you said, the mm-hmm. way the Pelicans are playing um, right now. You know, one of the things that was, one of the comments after the gaming against Golden State, which, you know, 36-point win against a team like that that's accomplished so much over... The last few years, Trey Murphy said he kind of kept it a little bit vague. He said, we need to start having a conversation about this team. And I I guess I was kind of wondering, what do you think is the conversation that we need to start having about the Pelicans big picture?
7: (laughs) The, the, it it depends on who he was talking to. Do you, I think we can all understand what he was speaking about, Mm -hmm. but who he was talking to, I, I was just telling some people yesterday as a player playing in Sacramento at the time it was Arco Arena and playing in Golden State at the time when they were playing in Oakland. Those are two arenas that I've never heard booze,
0: mm.
7: Never. In my time as a player and, and my time as an analyst. And to walk into Sacramento, who's a top four team, and be up by 50, to walk into Golden State and be up by 40, on the road. Yeah. There's some conversations I agree that need to happen. And my thing is, listen, it's great to talk about it now, but there's still a lot of season left, which is the same thing I would say if this team wasn't playing its best basketball, Mm. because the bigger picture is the most important picture in my opinion, are they playing great right now? Yes. They are playing together. They're deep. And the big thing is they're healthy. A lot of times when you say this team needs to get healthy, Fans think that's an excuse. It's not an excuse. When this team gets healthy, because now they get an opportunity to get legitimate reps together healthy, and now you can start to see what it looks like. But there's still a lot of season left, which means there's a lot of growth left to still happen.
4: One of the things I I love having you on here, because I want to get your opinion on this, is something that I've been presenting and speaking with Jim here in the pod the last couple of podcasts. Uh, Mm -hmm. Two words that start with the letter C. So let's start with one confidence, right? The importance of not just players having confidence, but Antonio, I think we're seeing the importance of having a team that has confidence, right? And you can speak to this a lot better than we can. The confidence and belief when you step on a court that you can win and then vice versa, when you're on the court, you're like, man, that team thinks they're here to win and you know them. And it kind of gives you the EBGBs and stuff of like that. How important is it that you think you're starting to see this team have the confidence, because if you don't, I don't think you come back after the kind of losses in Vegas, the Clippers, Dallas, things of that nature. This team's showing, I think, confidence slash maturity on there. But to me, it starts with confidence, right, that they believe they can move on past a good win, tough loss, and confidence every single night they
7: can win. Well, I, this is a results-based league. Like no, no matter what we're talking about, everything is results-based. It, it's different to have confidence um, when you win. Like, I'll give you an example. When the Detroit Pistons were losing 28 games in a row, how much confidence do you think they had?
4: <laughs>
7: Not much, right? Because this is a results based league. When you have a team like the New Orleans Pelicans and you lose three games, right? You're 11 and four since that beatdown in the end season tournament. You lose three games by a combined five points. There's confidence that comes with that because you know you're right there. You're right there. You are a player or two away from winning those games. And then when you actually start to win those games, then when you actually start to get healthy and see the amount of boxes that this team can check on a night-to-night basis. And and I've said numerous times, I will take this roster. That's where my confidence lies. It always has. Even when this team hasn't been playing well and fans were telling me, you're being too positive. You know, all you, they pay you to be positive. No, 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 no. I know what I see. And when you see the depth, the star power, the firepower, the versatility, the length, the athleticism and the veteran leadership on this team, they check a lot of boxes. So there's confidence that comes with that. Cause I know me as an analyst, every game we go into when this team is whole and healthy, I feel like we have a legitimate chance of winning at home, and on the road, that's a definite step in the right direction. And that
4: leads to my other thing that I was talking about with Jim here as well, contenders or competitors, right? My goal, I'd mm. love to see at the end of this month and the checklist and the boxes, you can tell me what maybe those boxes that you need to check to become contenders. I think part of that is a team that can go in on the road at home. You know, avoid long losing streaks, things of that nature. But I'm with you on this. This is why I've been calling this team competitors. They can compete every single night against Mm -hmm. any team in the NBA. And that is a step in a different direction, right, Mm -hmm. AD? Because in the last couple of years, somebody misses, somebody's injured. We're probably, you're starting out your pregame with Joel. All right, well, where's the three-point shooting going to come from? Where Mm -hmm. is the 30 points going to come from? Because I didn't play. You mentioned Sacramento up 50. He didn't even play. I mean, like, there's no way that would have been in the past.
7: So we're competitors. What would it take for a team to be a contender? You have to continue to grow. Like, the thing that you don't want to do in an NBA season is peak too early. Like, I had a conversation with someone the other day, and the question was, did the Lakers peak at the end-season tournament? Hmm. Did they peak in the end-season tournament? We've seen teams throughout the course of history peak in November and peak in December. You want to progressively improve, right? From October to November, November, December, December to January, January, all the way through the second week of April. And when the second week of April comes is when you would like to be playing your best basketball, when you would like to be the healthiest, the most confident that you've been because you have built up a good rapport of confidence throughout the course of this season. It's a cliche statement to say it's a marathon but it is, it is championships aren't won in November championships aren't won in December, but here's the thing. They're not lost either. They're not lost either. So when the team goes through a rough patch and you start to hear the rumblings of, Oh, you know what this and that, and no, 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 there's still so much time remaining in this season. And I love where this team is right now, confidence wise, mentally, and I love where they are also physically. When you
6: talked about, you know, people being concerned and maybe panicked a little bit with the start of the season, the fact that they were mm-hmm. four and six in the first 10 games, I mean, w- when you talk about how impressed you are with the the depth and the talent that this team has, how much mm-hmm. have you seen that, too, in the way that they've played, you know, the second and third time against some of these teams compared to the first time? And I'll give you a perfect example. First time they lost they they played Golden State. They lost by twenty eight. Second mm-hmm. time with a much closer to full strength team. They win by 36. And I mean, you could go across the board. Dallas, Dallas, Minnesota, the first two times mm-hmm. they played them, they were nowhere near 100%. And then they lose both of those games. The next two times they play them, they beat them both by double figures. So, I mean, mm-hmm. to, how much of have that have you seen as far as if you, if, if you thought it was just an excuse the beginning of the season, the way they started, you kind of can see how exactly what you're talking about the difference. based on what's happened
7: yeah there's there's nothing more important Jim in this league than health there's nothing right. more important and you just gave two great examples of it right Minnesota is by record I believe they still still the best team in the Western Conference mm-hmm. right you play them four times the first times you play them for no Zion either time no Herb right. Jones, no C.J. McCullum in either of those games, and you lose those games. But now you come back the second time, Herb is available, excuse me, the third and fourth time, where Herb and Zion and C.J. are available, you win those games. There's a drastic difference when this team is whole and healthy. It is. You go back earlier in the year when this team was four and six, and I would say this team just has to get healthy. Because at the time, we have to understand, there was no Jose. There was no Trey Murphy. There was no Najee. So all that bench energy that we're constantly talking about wasn't present, right? Mm-hmm. Then you start to get some of those guys back. Then CJ McCollum has a collapsed lung. He's out, right? And then Larry goes out and misses 13 games. We have to understand the significance of these guys that are missing games. Larry Nance is a godson for this team. If you are watching this team play to understand the importance and impact of Larry Nance, of Jose Alvarado, of Trey Murphy, of Dyson Daniels, of Jordan Hawkins, of Najee Marshall, that's six guys that you have coming off the bench outside of that starting five? This is a very, very dangerous team. And when they are healthy, again, Jim, Gus, this is a hill I'll die on, I will take this team and stack them against any of the other 29 rosters.
4: Speak with Antonio Daniels, color analyst for New Orleans Pelicans television, where we just talked with Aaron about that very kind of similar thing on Wednesday in terms of matchups and what you have in the depth that this team sort of has. I want to throw this at you because I kind of been doing this on my talk show the last two days, especially after that game at Golden State. And by no means am I calling this team Golden State or anything of that nature. But Mm -hmm. I'm Mm -hmm. using the phrase Pelican State. And what I mean by that is that maybe the makings of it. So we know where coach Willie green came from. And Mm -hmm. what I found interesting is after the last two games and the win at golden state, all the players that were available in coach green from Zion to CJ to Trey all started out their post game pressers by saying defense. When I think Mm -hmm. of the heyday of the splash brothers in golden state, when they boat ran you right in in games, AD was because not only were they making threes and you can touch on where the Pels are, the three point shooting, But they also, they never let you read. If you missed a shot, they rebounded, they were off and running, they scored. And when they took a break, their bench came in and either extended their lead or if they were trailing, shrank it. And they played defense. I will always tell people this. Golden State was beautiful to watch, the passing, the ball movement, which we can talk about assists with the Pels. But it was their defense as well. And I'm not saying they're there. not saying they're going to be there. But you can see what I think what Coach Green was trying to do and what this team is trying to form. And there were some similarities, differences because different players, right? But do you think... There's some similarities where I can maybe start saying Pelican state here in the near future as to what well, they're well, trying to here's do. A,
7: I'll tell you for me, the thing that I've noticed that the visible difference for me watching is the willingness of BI and Zion to defend. Mm-hmm. That's the biggest difference. If, if you if your stars will defend, everything else will fall in, everything else will fall in line, right? To see Z sit down and slide his feet, to see B.I. be the guy, low man, rotate over and take a charge, that is incredibly contagious. It is contagious. And again, for me, it starts with guys that are bringing defensive energy because if guys are bringing defensive energy and you're not, you stand out for not bringing it, right? So when you have guys that are defensive minded, Jose and Dyson and Herb and Larry Nance, you know, these guys that are bringing Najee that defensive energy. And if you're playing with those guys, if you're not bringing it, it's visible. And the thing that I've noticed over the last nine, 10 games or so is the Stars have been on board defensively. They've been on board. B.I.'s been defending. He's been playing both sides of the ball. Zion has been defending. He's been playing both sides of the ball. So just that defensive balance to the offensive balance. Offense is going to take care of itself because the pales have a lot of firepower. And Zion and B.I. and Jonas, you can ride him, you know, put that ball in the post. We saw it against Golden State, eight straight points when it felt like Golden State was creeping back in the game. C.J. McCollum, we know what these guys can do offensively as far as spreading the floor goes. Jordan Hawkins, Trey Murphy. But the biggest thing for me is what this team is doing defensively. Like, think of think of this road trip. Think of this road trip because we started off. Joel and I talked about the fact that you're starting in Sacramento with De'Aaron Fox. Then you're going to Golden State and you're playing Steph Curry, right? And then you get Luka and you get Kyrie and you get Jamal Murray, right? Like this is not an easy road trip. They they held De'Aaron Fox three points. Yeah. They held Steph Curry to 14 points, four or 13 from the field. And in both of those games thus far, their defense has completely sucked the life out of, the opposing arenas, which is amazing to me. I feel like when this team allows their defense to fuel their offense, good luck.
6: You know, two guys I wanted to ask you about specifically, AD. You know, you just touched on how challenging this road trip is going to be, or, or, you know, on paper going into it, you thought this is going to be some tough matchups. We talked earlier this week about just how Herb importance that he has on Mm. the defensive end against these teams. But Mm -hmm. just the way that he shot the ball on threes. What what have you seen from him as far as his last, you know, seven, eight games? He's shooting over 55% from three-point range. Right, right. 15 to
7: 27 from three over the last seven games. And the reason that's important is because in those last seven, they're six and one. But also, I am, of the, I am under the belief that if Herb shoots well, this team won't lose. Mm-hmm. This team does not lose basketball games when Herb Jones plays well. And the reason I say that is this. If you look at the starting five with Zion, B.I., C.J., and Jonas, Herb is that fifth guy. So what teams are saying is if we have to leave a guy, the guy that we are going to leave is Herb Jones. And when he's shooting the ball with the confidence and efficiency that he is shooting the ball with now, this is a tough team to beat. Because the most valued skill in today's NBA is the ability to shoot. It's shooting. And what teams are saying is, you know what? We're going to put a, a man and a half on Zion or a man and a half on B.I. Or when that ball goes into Jonas, we're going to put a man and a half on Jonas. And the guy that they're saying, let not let's shoot, but we're willing to live with, and that starting five is Herb Jones. And again, six and one in your last seven games, and he's 15 of 27, 56% in those seven games. That's important because now it becomes a pick-your-poison offense. Who are you doubling off of? Right when Herb Jones is shooting the ball at this rate, I I, I love it. I I love it because you know what you're going to get from him on the defensive side. But this is also a testament to Herb's hard work. Yeah. Every practice before and after like Groundhog Day, you see him, Najee, and Coach Fred Vinson working together on all the shots that he gets in the game. Those corner threes, those angle threes, all the shots that he gets in the game. It's not by accident that Herb Jones is shooting the ball at the rate that he's shooting now. It was just a matter of time. Reps always pay themselves off. And, A.D., to to one of your points,
6: I just looked this up. One of the stats that I thought was interesting, in the 23 games that the Pelicans have won this year where Herb's played – he shot 45% from three-point range, so that, yep. th- that tells wow. you a yep. lot. You know, another player I wanted to ask you about was, um, what do you think about the impact of C.J. McCollum? One of the stats I saw the other day that blew me away was that he's actually at a career high in three-point percentage. If you think about what he's done throughout his career over 10-plus years. It makes sense to me.
7: Yeah. That makes sense, like that he would be at a, a career high because of who he's playing with. He played with Dame Lillard, right? Right. But when he played with Dame, you could really focus and hone in on those two. You have to look at the offensive firepower and versatility of the guys that he's playing with now. When you're playing with Zion, the amount of gravity that comes with him. When you're playing with Brandon Ingram, the amount of gravity that comes with him, but also the skill set of both of those two guys to make the proper read. It, again, what's seen as an excuse isn't an excuse it's understanding it's understanding that synergy takes time you know you need reps on the floor with these guys think when bi zion and bi first started playing this season we we're telling ourselves man these guys have only been on the floor this is the seventh time that these yeah. guys have started together since willie's been here oh this is the eighth time but now what you're starting to see is what synergy looks like with actual reps together together it's different if cj's playing and zion's not there mm-hmm. it's different if cj's playing and bi's not there or if those two guys are playing and and, and cj is not there when you have those guys that have an opportunity to get on the floor together at the same time there's an understanding of skill set then bi knows where CJ wants to ball. CJ knows where Zion wants to ball. Zion knows where Jonas wants to ball. You can't expedite that process. The only way to actually experience it is to experience it. And what we've got an opportunity to see really I like since the end season tournament is this thing really start to come to and the synergy really start to click. And the other thing to add
4: to that, Antonio, I, I think you can't simulate and you're at the practices all the time. You're you at can't. the shoot arounds. You can't you can't simulate the late game situations. You can't Correct. simulate how teams are going to, you know, change their game plan during the game, mm-hmm. defend you in that last 20 seconds. Maybe you're thinking they're going to run at you. Instead, they leave. You, you can't simulate that because teams haven't gone through it because the Pelicans haven't gone through it. So right. I just think experience is the best way to, to learn that. And that's why you look at those losses in Memphis and Houston stuff. They have to go through that because you haven't gone through it. So you know how to handle that better. The other thing that I think is- The pruning it's, process
7: know, isn't fun. Sorry to cut you off, Gus, no, but fine. the pruning the pruning process is never fun.
6: Mm-hmm.
7: You know, that, that that's the thing that, that's the hard part is to to get through the, the pruning process And where you start to step into the best version of yourself. No one just, you don't get to success just from success. You have to fail to get there. There's an amount of failure that goes into being successful. Like when you think of of Steve Jobs, do you think the first time he created the iPad that he succeeded on the first time? Mm -hmm. No, not a chance, but the failure part and how you respond to failure usually dictates and determines how quickly you can get an elevator success.
4: Yeah, no doubt about it. The other thing I want to touch on, you guys have been touching on it too, about the three point shots, the, the, the the quick starts, when you look at these big wins against these teams, especially on the Mm -hmm. road, the importance you're going to need again tonight against Denver, right? But the ability to, you're in the game. You know, I don't know how else to sort of put it, but it's, it's one of those where you're not down 13-4 in that first quarter, right? You're up 13-4. But to see those first few shots, AD, as a player, goes back to the confidence, right? You feel good. Now you're in the game. Crowd really can't get into it. You're not struggling, playing from behind, winning the first quarter, all those things. But this team's been able to come out. I mean, we kind of joke about it. CJ, it almost looks like he's looking for a three-point shot, the very first thing that he's shooting in the game. But for the Pels to get going, that's something that's really stood out to me. They are knocking down threes early in these first quarters, and it's, I think, spurring them to win.
7: And for me, it's it's the it's the ball movement. It is the ball movement, or as I call it on the broadcast, passing plates. Everybody eats. And in the last two games, this team has 72 assists on the road. That is impressive. 72 assists on the road, 37 and 35. When the hardest thing in this league to guard is ball movement, man movement. The easiest thing to guard is ISOs because every team is prepared to guard ISOs. Every team is not prepared to guard ball movement. And if you look at the way these games are starting, it's starting with ball movement, it's starting on these past couple of games, there's almost been, I don't know if it's a conscious effort to get that ball inside, to play in the paint, And a lot of times, and when I say playing the paint, it doesn't mean scoring the paint. It just means touch the paint. Mm -hmm. When that ball touches the paint and you have spray out threes, you know, you penetrate, you collapse that defense and hit someone for three. That's hard to guard. So now, as opposed to you chasing the game on the road, you have the opponent chasing the game on the road. And how do you, how do you win your last six on the road? How do you win your last seven on the road? Because you're getting off to great starts on the road by ball movement, by touching the paint, and also by the defensive effort that you referenced earlier, Gus.
4: Yeah, there we go. So give me, give us one key tonight, man, to be paying attention to. Obviously, this is a very good team. They're mm. defending champs. And you say it all the time on the broadcast. It is a matchup league. I, I kind of feel like the Pels sort of matchup for their, again, goes Agreed. to that confidence. I wouldn't say that they don't fear them, but they feel confident they can compete with them,
7: right? That, that it, That's a fair thing? Yeah, for, it, it seems like every time there's a game with the Denver Nuggets, it's going to come down to the last two or three minutes. That's just, I, I don't, hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully it doesn't come down to the last two or three minutes and me and Joel are joking about the lottery or Powerball because we're <laughs> up by so much. Yeah. That would be fantastic. <laughs> but for me, I what has really stood out to me is just this ball movement. And Jonas said it best to Jen Hill in the post game. After the Golden State game, it's fun to play this way. Willie said it in the locker room after the Golden State win. This is beautiful basketball and it's fun to watch. What you don't want to see is a game with 18, 19 assists. You don't want to see that. You want to see a game with 29, 30, 31 assists. While taking care of the basketball on the road, you take care of that ball, you value the ball, maximize your offensive possessions, and move Denver around. Make Jokic guard. You're going to be in a great position in the last two to three minutes of this game.
4: All right, sounds good. Looking forward to it, AD. Safe travel, sir, and we will see you soon. For sure. Appreciate it, Gus.
6: Thanks, Jam. Thanks, AD.
4: Well that was fun. I don't know about you, Jim. I could do probably six hours. I don't know if he'd want to do it, but I could do a six hour podcast, sports <laughs> talk show. You can do anything. I, I almost feel as well with AD, you can do anything, and it would be not only entertaining, you'd learn something, and then you'd want to go like do it. You know what I'm saying? No yeah. what it's, whether it's yeah. cooking,
6: baking, mm-hmm. you know, working out <laughs> something. <laughs> I love listening to him because I mean he's even says this, it kind of admits this. He's like, you know, I I love talking. Maybe I'm not everyone's taste. I'm not everyone's flavor. But um, he has so many opinions about so many different things. And what's great about him, another thing that's great about him is that, you know, you don't even really have to set him up much. He can talk for a long time. I really liked what he said about when I was when I brought up C.J. McCollum. The context that he can bring as a former player who played in the NBA, and also the fact that he's follow he follows the league so closely, yeah, and has for a long time. So there's a lot of different insights that he provides that are really interesting to me and really valuable. So always love having him on the podcast whenever possible.
4: We can see on my notes in front of me. I literally just have AD basketball. That's it. <laughs> I, I, just, I, I was in it. Yeah, Pelicans. Denver. No, that's pretty much, no, it's true. But I think the other thing, too, and we know him personally because we get to see him a lot more uh, than the folks that just see him on TV, and that's what I mean by that. Look, he he travels with this team. He he was a player. He understands the game and then and I think that's the beauty that I do love, and I think it's the hardest thing to do is to convey that and do that. It's like when we had Jason Smith on a couple weeks ago. You can hear some of the things that he went through and mm-hmm. he did, and there was just something from a player's perspective, and then when you find – a player that can really convey that and, and, and let you understand it in a way. You know, I love how he explains. Little things like in this conversation we just had, Zion moving his feet, sitting down, being able to do that. Brandon Ingram taking a charge. Like, these are things that he sees that he understands, that he hears at practice, that he sees maybe some players do and don't do. That's a different, like, it's easy. You and I can look at a stat. Hey, they're winning. They're playing more defense. He can specifically say, no, this is why he's doing. He's rotating. He's moving. And it kind of goes to something. I meant to do it when he was talking, but I saw a clip. Somebody pulled the clip because I didn't, again, I was doing radio. But. It wasn't actually televised game on Wednesday and Zion was mic'd up. Mm-hmm. And on one in the fourth quarter he kinda of took over, right? He right. kind of started doing that. And I think mm-hmm. it was the play where he, he went and dunked and he got the pass. He was talking to somebody on the Pell's bench. I have a terrible memory, but he was talking <laughs> specifically about what that was and, and he was talking about it um cerebrally. I mean, he was saying, Look, that's this is what was this is what they're doing, this is what we want to do. And you can hear Zion's but you know, to um his understanding, is basketball IQ, of what sure. they're trying to do and what they were doing. And, again, mm-hmm. I think that is so awesome to see, too. It's not just, Zion, give me the ball and let me do that. He, he was specifically in that audio clip talking about what they are doing. He knew it was going to happen, so that's what they were trying to do. And that's what's different with this team right now.
6: Yeah. I mean, that's one of the reasons why I've always loved talking to Antonio and David Wesley, too, is they understand a lot of the dynamics of a team. There's kind of a, a, a lot of things that go into – you know when he was talking about Bi and Zion setting a tone defensively of how important that is. I mean, it kind of feeds into. And Trey the rest talked of, about that after the game, on, yeah, against Golden State. It, it flows to the rest of the roster because I know Larry Nance talked about this recently. He's like, if our top two or three star guys are all playing defense and all giving everything they possibly can, why are you What not? excuse do yep. I have to not do the <laughs> same? So, um it's definitely. A lead by example thing i mean leadership comes in a lot of different forms but one of the things that you can never question is if a guy is bringing a hundred percent effort especially at the defensive end of the floor i mean that's that says that you don't need to say anything you, you just do that and we'll be good
4: yeah look let's see what takes place tonight against denver you got two games as you mentioned against dallas and by the time we speak again on wednesday we will we'll see where they are from that aspect of it i love how we do during the week Monday, Wednesday, teams and players to look. I, I Look, I didn't want to put any more work to you, but
6: you said you're going to do something on Friday. That's right. I came All up right. with a new uh, segment. I think I'm going to call this the trending number. And mm-hmm. it's going to be a, a stat or a number that is very relevant to the Pelicans and something that is worth kind of discussing or looking at. The trending number today for this Friday is 45.7. And that is the Pelicans' three-point percentage over the last seven games, which is number 1 in the NBA. Like so, number 1 one. Yes. Like not best number one, out, 1 in the division, nope. best not number the, 1 in the all state 30 of Louisiana. Teams best best in the league. Um you know we talked about earlier in the season there was concerns about the three point shooting, is this going to be a weakness? Is this going to be something that game in and game out you're like, "Oh man, they're not making enough threes. The way that they've been playing lately has been incredible from the perimeter and to me it's not just the fact that they're shooting, you know, the almost 46% best in the league, it's the fact that it's coming from so many different guys. You see a lot of teams in the NBA who might lead the league in in January or lead the league in the first Good half, point. and it's usually Steph Curry and Clay Thompson, and then there's a couple guys that do a little bit here and there, um, but it's, it's usually two or three guys that carry a, a team's three-point shooting attack. Um, over the last seven games, uh, the Pelicans have seven guys shooting 40% or better, and all of those are – decent amount it's not like I'm using somebody's two for three and I counted that as above 40 percent all seven of these players have made at least five three-pointers over the last seven games Larry Nance is one of them actually five for eight at 63 percent Herb 56 percent you know we talked about that with Antonio CJ is 31 for 61 51 percent Dyson Daniels and Jonas Valanciunas in a little bit less volume but they're both shooting 50 percent and then you have Brendan Ingram, 48%. Jordan Hawkins, 44%, 10 of 23. And then an eighth guy who's almost at 40 during that stretch is Jose Alvarado, 8 for 21 at 38%. So there you have it. You have so many guys that are making threes right now. Um, Is it sustainable to shoot this level? Probably the rest of the season. Probably not. But if you can do anything close to this, this will be something that teams around the league will, will be very concerned about when they play the pelicans and it's
4: to your point right you're not depending on somebody to have to hit seven or six and we've had those nights in the last Dre's couple made, of right yep. I, Dre's I hear made you. 10
6: 11 in games yep
4: but if guys can just hit two a night right four mm-hmm. five six guys that can hit maybe one or two a night right i mean like right. Herb jones two a night three yeah. a night i mean but if, but as as ad said in our conversation when when herb is hitting you know two or three a night the chances are you're going to be winning so, uh, and that's that's I think the the key point that you just brought up too. That that is interesting. You're not depending on kind of what we thought going into the season or last year. right? Mm-hmm. Trey Murphy is responsible for the three point shooting right. of the Pelicans. They drafted Jordan Hawkins so he could be the three point shooter of the team. I don't know if people thought Jonas is hitting threes, CJ's hitting threes, Brandon might hit a three, Herb is hitting a three, Larry is hitting a three. Corner Najee for the mm-hmm. three. That That's the point that you're bringing up here. We all thought it's just maybe two players that are the three-point right. shooters. Maybe not looking at it as the team.
6: And how it, and inter, inadvertently, I didn't even mean to make this point, but inadvertently I just realized, too, that of the seven players over 40% during this stretch, Trey Murphy actually isn't even one of them. So he's, really? not, he's actually been... Especially by his standards, he's in kind of what you would call a slump over this recent stretch. Can
4: I text him that? (laughs) Jim called you a slumper.
6: (laughs) He's 10 for 30 in in the last seven games, 33%, which as we know by Trey Murphy standards is low. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, he might be on the verge of breaking out as well. So let's just add him into the mix as well. Among these guys that yeah. are shooting threes and, and look out.
4: But I'm glad we did this, especially on, on the podcast today here as well. They're very real reasons. And these are not bad basketball teams. <laughs> these right. are not bad, mm-hmm. tough places to go in. Mm-hmm. So I think that's why it's exciting because it's not, well, they're just hot. Or those teams had bad nights. The Pels are doing things to win the games the way they're winning. They're playing defense. They're shooting well. They're passing. They're playing well as a team. And and you're seeing the confidence grow. You're seeing certain things that kind of stand out here that make you feel, you know what? (sighs) Maybe there are one of the better teams in the NBA. And and that's awesome because you still got, as AD said, a lot of basketball to play. But I would much rather be sitting here on January 12th going, maybe they're one of the better teams in the NBA, then I don't know if they're even going to be a playoff team in the
6: NBA. And that's different. That's different than where we've been. And to kind of tie this all together from everything that we talked about, especially related to the Golden State game, I think to your point, it's a really good example of, even though, as I mentioned, a lot of the analysis from the Golden State game was what's wrong with Golden State. We need to circle back to um, the way the Pelicans played in that game. I feel like the vast majority of the teams around the NBA at the end of the uh, at the end of the night would have been saying, "Oh boy, this is this was a rough night, but it wasn't necessarily that Golden State was terrible. No. There's definitely areas of the game that they probably should have been better in. It seemed like their energy was a little low and the Pelicans were winning all the loose balls, but I do want people to to if the Pelicans keep playing like this, you got to start giving them credit and not saying like what's wrong with these other teams? It's more just about New Orleans playing at a level that is something I don't think we've seen in a long time. No doubt. That's Jim I can offer. again. Our thanks to Antonio Daniels, and
4: I'm excited. Game one of ten here on Great Television as well. You can still, it's a triple cast. You still can check it out on Bally's if you do that. Here's the beauty of it. No matter where you watch it, Bally's, Fox 8 here locally, anywhere that Great Television has their TV station, it'll still be Jen Hale. It'll still be Antonio Daniels. It'll still be Joel Myers, Aaron and crew. You, know, you heard her on Wednesday. They're going to be a part of everything here as well. It's just where you're going to go check it out. So that's
6: the cool part about it. And of course, if you want, you can still listen to us on the app. And and you can watch you know, the game on ESPN. But I think yeah. locally, this is something that we should point out, too. I think locally, the game will be blacked out on ESPN. Yeah. And you'll be able to watch it with you know Joel and AD and Jen. Um, which is a better broadcast. If you're out right, if you're outside of the coverage area, which we know a lot of Pelicans fans that tweet to us are live somewhere else. Now don't live in this area. Mm-hmm. They'll be watching it on ESPN. And yeah. um, unfortunately, they won't be able to catch Joel AD and Jen, but um, they'll be back in action for you guys on Saturday with the Dallas game. Yep, no doubt. I guess the big question is, are you going to come hang out with us at 9 o'clock tonight over in the studio? That's what I, I
4: didn't out. realize I
6: had an invite. Yeah, well, you, you, know, always, I do. Usually, you always do. You always do. We have not seen you at
4: all on any road I haven't had a road
6: year. game yet this year. You know and not. I actually was on the road for the, a few games, <laughs> so that was my excuse for not being there. But I promise you, at some I don't, point don't know if it's going to be tonight, okay. but I promise you, if the Pelicans are in the top 10, anywhere in the top 10, you will start seeing okay. me at so sporadic mean, road games. Me
4: and the conductor will, will bring the chips, you know, we'll bring some beverages, we'll have some
6: fun. Outstanding! I'm all right, forward to that.
4: Let's go see uh, what takes place tonight. Pelicans and the Nuggets, nine o'clock is your tip time here locally, and then you got Dallas tomorrow night, and in that one thirty tip time on Monday again. No podcast. We'll be back with you on Wednesday. They're hopefully talking about at least two wins, three wins. Thanks as always for tuning us in. I'm Gus Gill, That's Jim Mike and You've been listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Have a great weekend, everyone.
3: Thanks for listening to the New Orleans Pelicans podcast. Join us three times per week on pelicans.com, the Pelicans mobile app, the iHeartRadio app, or where you get your podcast. And be sure to give Jim and Gus a follow on X at Jim underscore I can offer and GCAT underscore 17. We'll see you next time right here on the New Orleans Pelicans podcast.